This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 127 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to talk about how to build an effective team. Now, whether you have are a one-woman show or if you already have a VA, you're going to want to listen in on this interview. Today, I'm talking to Emily Perrin, who actually goes about helping other bloggers and entrepreneurs hire and build their team. So she is bringing some expert advice as far as what you should be looking for when you are hiring, what should you, what should those roles look like and what should their job description be? Make sure that you also jump over to the show notes because as you will hear, she has an awesome video training that goes even deeper into the whole hiring process. But let's dive in. All right, Emily, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. I would love it if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, so I'm so glad to be here. And uh, so a little about me is I always say, I often say that everything I've done has brought me to this point where I'm hiring freelancers for bloggers. It's such a specific thing that people are often like, how the heck do you get into that? And so my background was actually in psychology. So my undergrad, I did an undergrad in psychology and English. And then I went into event planning in the corporate world where I was doing communications. Then I pivoted into marketing. When I left marketing, I started career coaching because I was doing a lot of managing and mentorship in the corporate space, as well as like working with interns and young associates, like guiding them through those early, early times. So I pivoted into the career coaching and have been doing that for almost four years when I started getting more people asking me for help hiring teams because I, I invested pretty early in my team because I knew, like, I knew what I was good at. I knew my zone of genius and I knew what was never going to get done because I was terrible and I hated doing it. So I got help with some of those things. Like I had just hired a virtual assistant earlier than most. Um, and so I just started having, you know, people that I met in business start asking me. And then, um, you know, in the past year, I just started taking on clients in this space and they've had a lot of success using the process that I've developed in my own business, um, you know, that I've refined, developed and uh, with them and with myself as well. That's kind of how we got here. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. Like I'm a true believer that everything that happens in the past, is all meant to get you to where you are in the future. I love the way that you talk about zone of genius. Cause that is what I think once you start to really discover and know what your zone of genius is, it's that much easier to say, okay, I'm terrible at this. This is what I need to be able to hand off to start to build my team with. So yeah. I love that you talk about that. And I know for myself, this was something I really struggled with. And it's not, I think I'm partly type A where I like to control things, but I'm also okay with starting to hand things off, especially when I start to notice that it's affecting my family and my home life because, well, my phone is glued to my hand, which is, I think, what has happened this day and age, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. 
Very good. No, so I'd love to kind of just dive into when you feel it is the right time to really start to build a team. Is there yeah. a specific time? Yeah. Well, there's a few. I mean, you can do it anytime, right? Like, no time is the wrong time, but there are a few kind of like signs, I would say, where it's really time to start getting some more help. And one of those is like, you're starting to feel burned out. So, you know, you didn't like, you didn't start a blog most likely to like work all the time. And so it's just that when you're constantly working and you're constantly feeling behind and just those things that used to light you up aren't fun anymore, that's when it's time to really start to look at what what do you enjoy doing and what do you not and get some help for some of those things that you don't enjoy. This isn't about being 100%. This isn't about like 100% in the stuff that you love, but we can, we can move toward that, you know, even just 50%, getting more of a balance of stuff you love and stuff that's not so fun. Um, one of the other things I've, I've noticed with my clients in particular is the capacity issue. They're just, they're not able to get to everything. There's so much more that they want to do. And there's so much more that they themselves want to work on, but they're kind of stuck doing a lot of just the daily little tasks and keeping their blog going, um, you know, scheduling social media, or sometimes they're not even getting to that. Like they're not getting the word out. They're not getting their posts published because they're that's just not those like administrative tasks just aren't where it's at for them. They don't love that. They love taking photos and developing recipes and creating things. They're just really starting to limit their growth. Their growth is really starting to get limited by the fact that they can't, they can't get to everything they want to do. And third thing that I see so often is just that ineffective, unreliable support. So my clients have a few, like they've got some people helping them, but it's just not great help. You know, sometimes they've outgrown the help, you know, having your neighbor or a friend proofread your blog post. That was great in the early days. Like that, you know, we got to do what we got to do to like get started. But now like once you're kind of a few years in and you're starting to see more and more momentum, uh, it, it just, it pays off so much to have that better support, to actually have professionals in your business. I mean, when you go from the neighbor proofreading to a professional writer working on your blog posts, it's just, it's so transformational. And I see it again and again, and it's, it's one of the most fun parts of what I do is watching that happen. Yes. And I love the way that you kind of talked about that you kind of get that feeling like it's kind of thrown you off. Something's not right. You're not where you're supposed to be. Um, for me, it was even when I was still teaching and had my two little girls, I got to a point where I actually thought I was getting Alzheimer's because I would forget things because I was so bogged down with all of the different things that I was trying to accomplish that I couldn't remember where I left my car keys or I couldn't remember if I told my mom what time I was going to be there to pick up my kids. Like that for me was scary. And it was also a point where I looked at my business and said, something's got to give and I need to actually start to hire help. And at that time, it was in the very beginning stages where hiring a friend to do some social media or to pay this one where it wasn't at that higher fee yet um, just made sense. And I think for those that are looking to just start out to feel like it's not just them running the show right now, that might be where you start. Yep. But if you're to that point again, and you feel like, okay, too many plates spinning, I'm going to drop something, you're overbooking yourself, that frustration level, that's where 
you then start to look for that like zone of genius things that other people then have, right? Yeah. And you're also notice starting to notice that like, you've got enough momentum now that you're um like you're just growing. <laughs> There's just something about this momentum piece that once you've got so many years in of this consistent content creation, that to to continue to grow, you just you can't do it all yourself. Okay. So where do we start in the whole process of building a team that's going to effectively support your business? Yeah. So this might sound funny and might not be what you were thinking the answer would be, but I think it's in process mapping. So process mapping is this is a way to start tracking what you're doing. Like who's doing what right now and 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 what are you doing? What do you want to be doing? You know, what do you never want to do? What do you sometimes want to do? I mean, looking at those three levels of what you're doing and what your team what you know, maybe you've got some help, like what other people are doing for you, starting to look at what is the work to be done? Because until we really understand that, like what needs to be done and what you love. And so that that's where then you can start building the support around yourself. Once you've identified, you know, what are those things you want to keep? And it's interesting because some people want to keep SEO. Some people want to outsource it. It's so different. Some people love writing their blog posts. Some people hate it and like never want to write another one. So it's all about like, it's really all about that individual blogger. It's about you, Jenny, as an individual, like what do you love to do? And then getting help with those things you don't. And then the cool part is like, you find people then that that is their zone of genius. And so when you line it up, like that's where the effectiveness really comes into play because you love what you're doing. Each of your team members love what they're doing. And then through that process mapping process, and really like all it is, is just, it's walking your processes. What are those, you know, two, three, five big things that need to happen on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that, you know, consistently need to get done so that you're just walking the process. What are all those steps? And then you identify like what you want to do, what you want to outsource, and then you build the jobs around that. So once you have some of those process maps for a few, for a few big processes, that's where then you can start to see where things come together, like the scheduling social media or, you know, setting up the blog post in WordPress. You start to see like them cluster together as well. Like the roles naturally start to emerge. You start, you start to be able to see what is the actual help that you need, which roles to fill. Yes. And I think too, like part of, for me was also looking at the time that it took for those certain processes that you're talking about. Because for me, um, I might be able to shoot photos in five hours where someone else who is better photography may be able to do it for less. And it was going to save me that time where I was doing it for five hours. So putting into also that aspect of understanding how much time is it taking me to do this? Um, photos wasn't my issue. My issue was graphic design. Like <laughs> I did not want to do any sort of graphic design. It took me hours to do things because I didn't understand how to make templates. Uh, so that was one of the first things I was like, yes, please, someone else do this. It's going to take me way too long to do it. So I love that. All right. So we've done process mapping. We've taken a look at kind of what we could possibly, what's our zone of genius? What are we ready to hand off? How do you figure out the roles that your team members are going to take on? Yeah. So it comes from that process mapping and starting to craft the actual job posting. And so I just, I've refined a process. There's five, there's five pieces of it 
um, a general description where, you know, like who are you looking for in general, the ongoing responsibilities. So this is where that process mapping comes into play. The third component is the, like your preferred qualifications. What kind of background do you want them to have? How much experience do you want? Uh, the fourth section is then about you and your blog and what you do, who you serve, what makes you fun to work with. And then the fifth part is the application instructions. So what's the deadline to apply as well as some questions that you want them to answer. I've really moved away from cover letters in my process because I've just found they're not that helpful. But asking specific questions and having them even just write a few sentences on each has been just much more valuable. It allows me to compare different candidates. So it's really that, that moving into that. I found that it's really when you're crafting those those job postings, that's when it gets really clear who you're working, like who you're looking for and what the role, what the role is going to be. And, and they can shift too. like, you might, you might think you need a writer and then you start this job posting and you notice like you're putting just way too much on one person. Like you're asking them to write the blog posts and the social media and do all your scheduling and manage your calendar. So like, that's where like, we have to be co- like cognizant, aware of, that scope creep of like expecting one person to do everything because they're not going to be good at all those things. They might be able to do some of them, but uh, it, it could be, you know, you could be kind of wasting your money or you can too. like sometimes writers would cost more than a virtual assistant. So, you know, pulling those, those tasks into the right role. Uh, sometimes I end up like splitting roles apart as well. And I do this in my own business. See, and I think that was what I kind of was wondering is whether or not they kind of overlapped ever as far as are they doing the writing of the blog post as well as the social media or what should that look like? Um, and does it sometimes you think also depend upon that person that you then find? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Some of them might be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm only asking that question because I know in my, in, in my business, when I kind of handed things off to a VI. And then once I started kind of taking on an executive admin, she's taken on other roles that I didn't realize I was going to end up kind of handing off. And we're getting to a point where does it make sense for her to now have someone else to hand those kind of things off that she doesn't need to be doing the you know emailing or whatever it is that is part of the follow-up. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not like we don't necessarily start there, right? It's like it has to happen. This organic, natural team growth needs to happen. And it it just, it happens. Like I just continue to trust the process and I'll know, I'll know when someone, when I've outgrown someone, I trust that, you know, we'll know when those things need to be pulled apart. Yes. So before we can get to that point, are there strategies that we need to put in place to make sure that they are the right person? Should there be a trial period? What does that kind of look like? Yeah. So there are a couple of things that I do that I recommend in this space, particularly. One is with with pretty much every posting I do, I do some kind of work sample. So before I interview, I ask for, so if if they're a writer, I have them do, write a couple social media posts. If they're, you know, a VA that's going to help me create Pinterest images, then I make sure that they create a couple Pinterest images and write a caption for us. So, so that I can actually see who, who is like just going to naturally do what I want them to do without a lot of explanation. So that's one, the one 
like differentiator that I've put in place. And then also the trial period, like you mentioned, that is crucial. I like to do 30 days. Um, you know, there's that old philosophy, like hire slow, fire fast. That like, that's what this is. Like everything I've talked about, like process mapping isn't necessarily like you don't necessarily do it in 10 minutes. So it's like, you take that time to craft the roles, write good job descriptions that are attractive. And then, so like once you're that far into the process, it's pretty clear who the right, the right fit is for you. And then, yeah. And then if they aren't a good fit, you have that out of that 30 day trial period that you can let them go fairly easily. It's not so, so hard to just cut ties. Yes. So now if we're at a stage, let's say, for example, that we haven't hired yet, or we've hired like maybe one or two people who and we're looking to now start to fill out more of these roles because we understand how we have very little time. Is it smart to hire more than one person at a time or does it make sense to kind of stagger them? So I think it, it can depend on the person. For me personally, and what I recommend with my clients is one at a time because it's it takes a lot to onboard new people, especially if you're not super practiced. Like if you had like 20 different team members at this point, that person is going to have a lot more practice onboarding and, you know, bringing those people in and training them and showing them like how they want things done, um, that it can be easier. But for, for myself too, and for my clients, I recommend one at a time and, and you can do two back to back, but like give yourself like a little bit of a break, like one per month or one every other month. Um, just so that you have that space to adjust and get comfortable and get some support in as well. And then I also think too, in terms of what like you pri- you can prioritize these roles then too. Like what is the most emergency need? Like what do you need help with the most? Is it the writing? Is it the graphics? Is it, you know, more of like an assistant role? Like you're just not getting things scheduled. So notice that too, like what is causing you the most pain and then out, like hire that role first. And I also think in terms of phases as well, like we don't necessarily have to build a team of 10 next week. We can, you know, we can have a vision for like an organizational chart. You can have a vision for what you want this team to look like and what the roles are, but you don't necessarily have to have them all developed out. Like I said, you can prioritize, pick that one role that you're going to do first and then, you know, learn and add from there. Yes. And I think that there's a definitely a difference between um, building a team And also just kind of hiring someone maybe that's going to do your Pinterest marketing. Does that make sense? Because if you're hiring an agency that does Pinterest marketing, you're not really, they're not necessarily part of your team. You wouldn't necessarily have to worry about all of the onboarding and the pieces, but we're primarily here talking about you're going to take on that role for them and have to explain exactly what it is that you want in your business, have those processes in place so that they do understand that. And I think that is often what can trip people up is that when we look at, okay, well, how do I start to hire? We go and we think, okay, well, we're hiring a Pinterest agency and now we're going to hire an email marketing agency. They're not necessarily part of your team in that case, right? It's a little bit something different. Yeah, that's a great distinction to make, right? Now you have a training video that goes a bit deeper into this. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And we're going to make sure that we actually link to that in the show notes so that everybody can make sure that they go into that. If you're to the point where you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you're going to want to watch this, but walk us through kind of what we can expect to learn. What are some of the key takeaways? 
Yeah. So in that webinar replay, it's, I really go in depth into the five areas that like are crucial for finding those amazing freelancers, bringing them in. And we've, we've touched on a lot of them, but like the first one is really that organizational strategy, the process mapping, getting the roles right. Then we go into job posting, like actually crafting something that's super attractive to those really good freelancers because they only apply for a few jobs. Like the best freelancers are very selective. And so that's why I've like, I've just developed this job posting that works so well. So you get that whole outline in there. And then, um, also then we talk about the selection process. I do some things differently in selecting that um, just help with the overwhelm. So it's easier to see who's the best fit. And then in some interviewing tips as well as the onboarding process. I have some suggestions and recommendations of different things that you can kind of plug and play and decide. But yeah, I go super into detail in there and yeah, it's just so fun. Like, I love it. I just totally nerd out. Like I am the biggest nerd in this space. But I think that that's when you know it is your zone of genius when you do yeah. get excited about it and you love to talk about it. No, I love that. And I think that that is, you know, being able to figure out what to put into that job posting. And then also I'm sure we're talking about onboarding when people are, you know, listeners might be like wondering what that might look like. So obviously we only have a limited amount of time for a podcast interview. So we wanted to provide you with something extra so that you can go a little bit deeper, a little bit further along. So make sure that you click through over to the show notes so that you can take, get into that training. Um, Emily, where else are good places for people to connect with you out on social media or email? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at emily.perrin. Uh, my email is emily at emilyperrin.com. I love hearing from people. I love getting questions. So, you know, anyone, anytime. I just love it. And then my website is emilyperrin.com. So I have a little blog over there where I write about, write about hiring and business productivity and things like that. Perfect. That sounds, I love being able to get in touch with people on Instagram. It's one of my favorite ways. Many of my people know that. (laughs) Very good. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your information. I truly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Jenny. I'm so glad I could be here today. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Make sure that if you haven't already, that you come over to the show notes and make sure that you grab that video training that Emily is talking about, where it takes a deeper dive into truly defining those roles and the job description so that you can figure out how to effectively build your team. You guys, I would love to see where you are listening to the podcast. Just grab a screenshot of your phone with wherever you are listening, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it might be, and post it to your Instagram stories at Jenny underscore Melrose. I love seeing where you are listening and I so appreciate it when you do that. So if you put up that screenshot, I will send you a note back. I so appreciate it also when you guys leave me a review on iTunes about the podcast. Many of you might have been noticing for following along on my Instagram stories. I've been sending out some happy mail. So if you leave a review on iTunes, make sure that you use your Instagram handle as your name or put it into the actual review so that I can then get in touch with you and send you out some happy mail. You guys, I appreciate you all so much. Make sure that you tune in next week where I will be speaking with Jenny B from Biz Mavens. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to have a blogging business and the emphasis 
is on business. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then.